0: You're listening to the Saturday Morning with Jack Tame podcast from Newstalk ZB.
1: Prioritising your well-being might be front of mind. Fortunately, our clinical psychologist, Dougal Sutherland from Umbrella Wellbeing is with us. Kia ora, Dougal. Kia ora, nice to speak to you again, Jack. It is one of those terms we hear all the time. It's kind of one of the buzzwords, I reckon, of the last four or five years, well-being. Yep. But what do we actually yeah. mean when we say well-being? <laughs> Yeah, look, it's, I
2: completely agree. It's all over the place now. You know, ten years ago we talked about resilience, and now we talk about well-being, and and I think it's a good thing to talk about. But you know, important to be clear on what exactly we mean by it, because if you don't know what you're aiming for, it's pretty difficult to know what to do to get there. Yeah. Um, so th- look, there are there are probably. Um, I'd say there are three different ways you could define it, and, and I, I, I'd better do my due diligence and credit my colleagues, <laughs> Amanda Wallace and Daniel Parkin, who have just written about this in their new book, which is called Together, Te Oranga o Te and they talk about this lots um, and, and about how to achieve it. But, yeah. Um, look, the, the, the three basic definitions are, one is feeling good and happy and satisfied with life, and I think that's a pretty common uh, definition. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's cool. That's if that's what you're aiming for. That's you'll seek out things to do that are in line with that. So that's that's one definition. Yeah. Um. Second one would be having a life that has meaning and purpose. That you're leading some sort of fulfilling life. That you have some level of acceptance of who you are, and your and where you're going in life. And that probably fits best with our understand what we would call psychological well-being. Yeah. Um, right. And, and that might be different than you may not feel good and happy and satisfied all the time if that's what you're trying to do because that sort of acknowledges that there are, in, in trying for meaning and purpose and fulfillment in life, it doesn't always come smoothly or with happiness. There are down times in that as well. Right, right. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. And then the third one, which is a sort of a newer definition coming out, is is leading a life that's full of rich and varied experiences you know that that the idea being that over the course of your life you build a broader view of the world and yeah. life and you incorporate different perspectives so you might seek out things that might actually be uncomfortable or challenging but you do that because you are wanting to build this
1: rich rich tapestry of your own life yeah so yeah, that's, that's that interesting, interesting. So, I, is it, is it's maybe this is far too simplistic but but is it kind hmm. of like um, the first option is you know just feeling content day to day the second option yep. is maybe I, I don't want to say aiming for a but more in terms of a variety of experiences and kind of drive and stuff. It's maybe a more ambitious vision of what life could be, but that ambition comes with some pitfalls. And then the third option is an even more ambitious kind of um, desire for what life could be, which similarly means that if you have greater ambitions, you kind of have some greater, you know, falls from time to time as well. You have some, some greater downs.
2: Yeah, I, I, and it, yeah, I, I think that's a nice a nice way of of, of paraphrasing that. And um, I, look, I think most people, to be honest, that I've met and work with, are really moving beyond that idea that it's just feeling good and happy, and you know, and and most of the time it's sort yeah. of a, a bit of a sugar high, really. And and people, you know, p- p- people I think get a bit sick of that, and, and many people are looking for something more in life than just feeling good most
1: of the time, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, because it's kind of a, it's, dare I say, a, a bit of a shallow kind of way of, of thinking about life and, and thinking about existence, eh? If, you, if you're yeah. just kind of getting by day to day and not really looking at things through a, you know, through a wider lens.
2: Yeah, yeah. well I think what it does is it means if you were to pursue that you often would trade off something in the short term that's going to make you happy for something in the long term that might actually be ultimately better for you. To be honest I think that's a struggle that I have and probably many people have on a day-to-day basis of short term, you know, is it short term gain or long term pain or is it, you know, the other way around?
1: So so how should knowing these definitions influence the way We each seek to improve our well being, or we seek to, you know, have good levels of well being.
2: I think it points you in the right direction, or in the direction of what you, of what the next steps to do are. Like, if you go, Oh, actually, I wouldn't mind having more meaning and purpose in life. Yeah. And you don't have that. that's <laughs> um, like, actually, I need to sit down and figure out what the heck is important to me in my life. what What are the things And, and, and a nice way of doing that is thinking about if you got to your hundredth birthday and you were in good health. What do you want people to write on your birthday card? Yeah. What are, you know, they're probably not going to say, hey, it was great knowing you. You, you know, you used to work 70-hour weeks all the time. Brilliant. Um, yeah. You know, what, what, what are the ways that you would like people to describe you? And, and that might hook into your values and your sense of purpose. And then that's like your compass, because then you've got that compass to say, okay, this is how I want to be, and I now want to take some actions, behave in a way that's in line with those values. Yeah, right.
1: It's funny, eh? yeah, like what's the old cliche? No one on their deathbed ever says, I wish I'd worked harder.
2: Yeah, that's that's, that's exactly right, that's exactly right Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. no, they're really valuable for perspective Hey, thank you so much, I'd never really thought about those definitions like that But it makes a lot of sense and and kind of gives you a better sense of direction If you are seeking to make improvements That is Dr. Dougal Sutherland from Umbrella Wellbeing (laughs) Time to catch up with our travel correspondent now, Mike Yardley is with us Mike, have you ever tried to take a Christmas cake across borders? No, I haven't,
0: Jack, but I'm intrigued such a section on their website that doesn't say much for Australian made Christmas cakes does it well to
1: be fair they've got a, like a list for all sorts of things right so it's right. A, it is a thorough list um, so you've got your chocolate and confectionery you've got um, your d- dried herbs you know they've got advice on all sorts of things you've got your food from the plane or ship you've got your yeah. human breast milk which I suppose is something that actually people have to think about, isn't it? Um, Yeah. Pet food can't take your pet food. So if you're looking to take something for lucky, he's going to be out of luck this time. (laughs) Anyway, there you go. So we're all, we're all learning something this morning, but this morning we're not focusing on uh, Australia. We're focusing on three great wild West towns in the U S Cody, Buffalo and Deadwood. So Mm. if you're planning a roadie east of the Yellowstone national park, there are some extra special Wild West towns to insert into the trip.
0: Definitely, Jack. And I think just dabbling with a bit of that Old West Frontier spirit adds a really potent... uh, to a roadie in these parts. So, yes, out of Yellowstone... There is this really good route to take called the Buffalo Bill Cody Scenic Byway. So it shoots you out of Yellowstone through all of these jagged rock formations. You spill into the Wapiti Valley, which has a lot of those old school ranches, which were called dude ranches back in the day. Um, and what I love about this region are those Wild West towns because a lot of them they're like real life storybooks. Mm. intimately connected with larger-than-life characters steeped in American folklore. We're talking Butch Cassidy, Calamity Jane, and Buffalo Bill, a.k.a. William Cody.
1: Oh, yeah. The town of Cody's not just named after him, though, right? He, He actually founded it.
0: He was an amazing individual, Jack. Yeah. Here. So the town of Cody was um, settled in the 1890s and Buffalo Bill was the celebrated showman who staged truly epic productions in the US and Europe for decades. He had a cast of... Thousands with them telling the tales of the Old West. And Cody today, it still oozes that buckaroo spirit of the Old West. It's the uh, rodeo capital of the world. It's a really charismatic, Mm. welcoming town. I've never seen so many stores selling hats, boots, belts, and buckles in my life. The whole main street just groans with those sort of Western apparel stores. And a really cool landmark to check out is the Irma Hotel. Buffalo Bill opened it in the 1890s. It's named after his daughter. But this is the place to go for their prime rib buffet. Mm. And the the Cherrywood Bar (laughs) along the back wall of the hotel was a gift given to Buffalo Bill by Queen Victoria, she was absolutely besotted by his shows in London.
1: Ah, very good. Okay, so Cody is also home to the Old Town Trail. Yeah, this is just
0: insanely good, because what they've done on this, um, this sort of collection, open air museum, they've got 26 historic frontier buildings from the late 19th century, and they've been salvaged from towns across Wyoming and Montana, and we are talking major nuggets of American history. Mm. I could whitter on about this for ages, but just to give you one example, you can walk into the original hole-in-the-wall cabin, which Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid and other outlaws used to shelter uh, themselves from the law. It is there at the Old Town Trail.
1: Oh, that's so cool. What about the Smithsonian of the West? Yes,
0: also in Cody, uh, the Buffalo Bill Centre of the West, it is quite an eye-opener because it's got a, a collection of different galleries and they all are themed. So you've got, like, Western art, natural history, Indigenous culture, which is just superb. Mm. Um, the biggest collection of firearms in the United States, <laughs> <laughs> which was truly gobstopping. Yeah. Uh, but, but best of all, the Buffalo Bill Gallery, which is sort of like a tribute to the guy and that gallery itself does give you a sense of just how colossal his Wild West shows were. He had huge respect for Native Americans and I thought this was really interesting to sort of dabble in um, because he was such a pioneering cheerleader for their civil rights and thousands of uh, Lakota and Sioux Indians would perform in his shows across the states and in Europe.
1: So beyond Cody, if you head a bit east so maybe like two or three hours, that's the town of Buffalo, right? What's the must-see there?
0: It's such a cool wee place, Buffalo. Um, It's beneath the Bighorn Mountains on one of the old wagon trails that um, would lead to Oregon, and it's home to one of the most acclaimed Old West hotels, the Occidental. So this hotel dates back to the 1880s. It was eventually lost by its owner in a high-stakes poker game. (laughs) Bad bad day at the office. Uh, But this grand hotel, which still operates, peppered in bullet holes uh, has seen it all. The regular guests at this hotel, Buffalo Bill, Teddy Roosevelt, Calamity Jane, uh, Butch Cassidy. Wow. And cowboys would go out of their way to enjoy the many pleasures of this pub. It is really the ultimate beacon of Old
1: West hospitality. And then if you go just across the border, South Dakota yep. mm. is the town that inspired the HBO TV series, Deadwood.
0: Deadwood, yes Now this was the site of the last major gold rush In the continental US And Deadwood became the only entire town To be declared a National Historic Landmark 60 years ago The whole town Um, So it is um, very well preserved And the main street is like a sporting movie set It feels more of a tourist trap Cody or Buffalo. Yeah. But the thing I loved about it is you've just got history slapping you in the face at every turn. For example, at number 10 saloon, this is where the folk hero gunfighter Wild Bill Hickok was shot in the back of the head. And at the time, he was clutching a two pair of black aces and black eight, and that has become immortalised In poker parlance, as Dead Man's Hand, oh, yeah. um, and buried next to him in the town cemetery is the woman he uh, who constantly tried to seduce him, and she never did. Calamity Jane. So they're buried next to each other in the in the, in the uh, cemetery. And I went to the uh, graves. They were scattered with bullets and bourbon bottles and freshly laid flowers. That is the Wild West for you.
1: Yeah, I'd, I'd imagine Deadwood's connected to lots of kind of folk heroes as well, right?
0: Oh, just so many, yeah. yeah. And, of course, they've got so many different saloons on the main street. Um, and they've all got their history, you know, proudly sported on the walls. They've even got signs outside the pub saying, this is where Wild Bill was shot uh,
1: and yeah. you
0: know, <laughs> so forth. Yeah, it is, it is walk-in history.
1: It sounds amazing. Hey, thanks so much, Mike. Uh, we'll put all Mike's tips for exploring those three great Wild West towns, Cody, Buffalo and Deadwood, up on the Talk ZB website. It
0: for more from Saturday Morning with Jack Tame, listen live to Newstalk ZB from 9am Saturday or follow the podcast on iHeartRadio.
1: If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy.